Hello. Hi. It's me. And, uh... I'm here talking to myself again. It is... Monday the 29th of November. Wednesday is December. And I'm not quite ready for that yet. So... I guess we'll touch on that in a later podcast. Um... I've just been out with uh, three friends of mine um, and uh, kind of made a fool of myself a little bit. Um, Again, maybe a shortcoming of mine. Uh, Just talking too much. Being, uh, I don't know, I I, I feel like I make things too much about me. And I'd like to get better at that. I'd like to be more inclusive um, of others. But maybe I'm too... I don't know. Probably a little too self-critical as well. So it's tricky. Tricky balance, but, you know, I guess we're all kind of working towards something, aren't we? So I guess... I still harbour hope that maybe I'll reach, like, 40, and I'll be really well-rounded. So all the good things that I have now will still be there, but then I'll have, like, rounded myself out a little bit, smoothed out the edges, um, <clears throat> and just become a better person all around. Um, not that I ruined the night, I don't think. I mean, I did did three massive farts. Um, so... They were probably the low points. Um, But, yeah. What it means for you guys is that you won't hear any of that yourself on this podcast. So, there's always a, you know, silver heart. Sorry. I'm tired. What's good is, actually yesterday I had a really nice uh, and a good sleep. I'd gotten to bed around about this sort of time. It was about quarter past... 11, that I settled down and went to bed, and honestly, it felt really good waking up this morning. I woke up well before my alarm, it was probably about 20 past 7, and I probably still had about 7 hours sleep, so I kind of was able to, you know, slowly come to this morning, and um, honestly, yeah, I felt really energised and really good, and part of that is because um, I'd been to London on the weekend, Um so I think on the last podcast, I would mentioned that I was going away, and I think I felt a bit morbid about it. I'd I'd basically thought myself into a real panic about travel, um, which I think just happens if you don't do it very often. And obviously, because of COVID, I hadn't gone away for probably three years. I mean, I hadn't gone away, and then COVID happened. So I think I hadn't gone away in a while, maybe six months to a year, maybe less, but could have been six months to a year. Then COVID happened. And so I think sneakily, it probably has been about three years since I've been away. And um, so with uh, Storm Arwen kind of, um, you know, battering the UK, um, the, the flights were a little bit leery as well. And so... That didn't particularly allay my fears. Um, 
I was delayed by eight hours, I think it was, on Saturday. Um, but I guess the beauty of living on the Isle of Man is that if your plane's delayed, you can <laughs> just leave the airport and go home, which is what I did. Um, just left the airport, went home, went out for lunch with mum and grandma. We went to this lovely place for lunch that I'm not going to shout out because they didn't... Um, you know, they don't sponsor the podcast and nothing comes for free these days, kids. Um, but we went for a good lunch and um, after that, I just went back to the airport. But, it, you know, it killed at least, it, I think it was probably about three hours it killed, so that's good. Um, so, yeah, I went back to the airport and read and you know basically just kept myself to myself because of course like where I am everyone knows everyone so you're bound to get spotted in an airport and I did <laughs> it turns out that about you know within two meters of where I was my cousin was sat there and I just literally didn't I didn't spot him and he only recognized he only saw me at the end so um we had a quick chat and I wished him well on his on his flight and I hope he I hope he made it pretty sure he did. He left before me, even though his original flight was due to leave well after me. So I was, you know, a little stung by that, but it is what it is. Um, and yeah, I was, uh, I was due to, uh, you know, fly away to go to a party on Saturday. Um, so the original plan was I was I was supposed to get to London by about midday. I was going to go out for some nice food, you know, maybe see some friends, um, as well as my uh, my sister who lives there. And uh, yeah, amble amble to the party, do whatever. Instead, I arrived at the party probably an hour late, maybe later, at least an hour late. And, um, you know, arrived, <laughs> arrived at this cool bar in Shoreditch with all my kit on, rucksack and coat. <laughs> and I go, go downstairs into this kind of, you know, the, the exclusive area, chucked my rucksack and coat in the corner and just really gave it everything I had, you know, from a dancing perspective. Um, just got involved, found myself double parked a couple of times, margaritas, Vodka spritzers, which I've decided I don't like very much. Vodka spritzers. Um, and, uh, yeah, all kinds. Of, I did a, did a number of shots. And, um, yeah, I had a good night. Met some cool people. And, uh, yeah. Uh, it hit about 1am, 1, 1 though. So, like towards the end of the actual like the night itself the the um you know the party kind of or the place itself shuts at one and uh yeah i kind of uh i sort of hit the wall there i i have to say as i've gotten older i really struggle past midnight now um unless of course i'm doing absolutely nothing i'm really good at staying up all night and doing, um, you know, very little. 
maybe maybe watching YouTube videos on my phone needlessly or other bits and pieces. You know, just faffing around, doing nothing, eating a lot, love eating the mid, you know, <laughs> midnight pasta sessions and cheese on toast. Huge fan. Fruit and fiber, by the way. Fruit and fiber, whole milk. Do a lot of that in the in the late hours. Not tonight though. I'm gonna finish this podcast, put it out there, go to bed. And and be real real dutiful with that, I think. Um, yeah. And, um, so yeah, had a really good night out though. Um, it's actually the lady's birthday who it is, is actually her birthday today. So if you're listening, happy birthday. If you're listening and it's your birthday anyway, happy birthday. Um, and yeah, have a good, have a good time. In life, I wish you all the very best. I wish everyone the best, though, as a general point. I do. Um, so yeah, and um, yeah, had a great time. And woke up the next day. Well, actually, so what happened was it was about one. We tried to go to a gay bar, and the uh, the queue was too big. And honestly, I was okay with that. Because I was too tired. And I just... I've, I've never been to a gay bar before. And I wasn't opposed to it. What I really wanted to do actually was sing karaoke. And I don't... I, I'm guessing that probably wasn't on the cards there. Maybe it would have been. I would have loved to have... I've, I've come to a conclusion what I'd like to sing, actually. For karaoke. Or at least one of the songs. Gracie's acting very... Uh, she's acting annoyed that I'm here in the same room as her doing the podcast while she's trying to sleep. Well, I'm sorry, Gracie. There's nothing you can do about that. Um, but anyway, I know what song I want to sing in karaoke. Um, and I was telling my friends about this earlier. And it's The Cure's Just Like Heaven. It's a huge tune. It's an absolute banger. In fact, yeah, I, I know it's definitely DMCA, like DMCA-able, but this is a podcast with 20 listeners roughly. So I just feel like the DMCA or whoever they are, just, I don't think they need to be getting me. Do you know what I mean? This is, this is just like heavy. that song I think it's really strong opening I mean like they could do without a minute of guitar riffing well for me anyway as far as it I would say as far as a karaoke song goes it's leaving me with a lot of work to do in that first minute you know there's a guitar riffing so I think what I'd have to do is I'd have to do the um I'd have to channel my inner Sam Heron um not Heron, Sam Herring, sorry. <laughs> and uh, he's, if you don't know who he is, he's the uh, 
He's in Future Islands. And Future Islands, right, as a band, if I can be honest with you, I wasn't really a huge fan of Future Islands. Um, I kind of thought it was a bit mad. But I saw him, like, I've not seen them live, but I've seen, like, you know, live performances of them. And Sam Herring is an incredible performer and puts, like, real soul into his performances, real passion. Like, he's he's living that music. And so what I would recommend is watch, go search Future Islands on Letterman. Um, and I think the song they do is Seasons, in brackets, Waiting on You. It's a great tune, and it's an amazing performance. And he, he comes across a bit mad, but honestly, it's, it's wonderful. Like, this guy just doesn't, he doesn't give a fuck honestly, and uh, just, yeah, I, I aspire to have that level of self-confidence, and uh, anyway, so I think the start of that tune, Just Like Heaven, I'm having to do a little bit of a Sam Herring jive, um, you know, a lot of crowd work, I think, but I honestly, I'd back myself, after a few ales, a shot, I think I'd do a shot just before doing all that, and I reckon I'd back myself. Vocally, I haven't quite thought about whether I can actually, you know, whether I can actually sing like Robert Smith. I think that's what it's called. Is it Robert Smith? Um, and, you know, because he's kind of, I don't want to say high-pitched, but he's just got a, he's got like a really unique voice. And I don't, I mean, I don't think I have it. That said, you know, Karaoke is just, it is about your performance. It's about your crowd work. So I think if I just give it everything I've got and, you know, really commit to the performance, I'm sure I'd be fine. Anyway, <clears throat> I think my hopes of there being karaoke just didn't quite, they just, I don't think they were ever really going to be, they were ever really going to um, come to fruition for me that night. So that was a bit of a shame, but also it was 1 a.m. and I just, I ran out of steam, I think. I, I, I was I was going to be quite ill if I carried on. Anyway, we so we head home around one, and uh, I must have got to bed at around two o'clock. And I'm not lying. I woke up at 4 a.m., I woke up at 6 a.m., I woke up at 8 a.m., I woke up at 10 a.m., and we got up at 11 a.m. And progressively, as I woke up during the night, I felt worse and worse, and then I started to feel better. So I think when I woke up at 4 a.m., so when I went to bed at 2 a.m., I'm not feeling good at all. I woke up at 4 a.m., and I felt dreadful. I I was going to be sick. So I basically allowed myself to pass out um, again at 4 a.m., wake up again at 6, and... (sighs) I think at that point, the sickness had started to, you know, loosen up a little bit, but then I started to get a headache. And then when I woke up at eight, sickness is gone. The headache is at its peak. It was, it was diabolical at that point. Wake up at 10 a.m., headaches gone, is, is still present. And while I've, while I don't feel sick anymore, I definitely still, you know, 
I'm not quite ready to face any kind of internal movement as far as eating is concerned. So, um, I, um, yeah, we woke up at 11, had a shower, you know, drank a pint of water and had one paracetamol just to kind of, just to sort of soften the, the headache a little bit. And it worked a treat, I have to say. And then we went out for some tapas, which, good Lord, it was off the, off the scale for me. Um, they don't really, they don't really do tapas where I, where I live, if I can be honest with you. Um, I can't think of, Christ, God, I can't think of a place that does tapas over here. And you'll have to forgive me, I'm, I'm yawning, because as I say, I'm, I'm becoming a better man, I'm starting to sleep at the right time. It was called Tapas Brindisa, and, uh, this place is, um, it's a place from like Borough Market and it's kind of expanded a little bit and uh, we were at the Battersea Power Station version of it and it was it was great. Um, we had Patatas Bravas, obviously. They were amazing. We had, um, we had these green peppers that were covered in rock salt. And they were amazing. They were like, you know, kind of bitter and almost maybe a little bit sweet. But then the salt, which honestly, it looked like it maybe was too much, but it was perfect. And the salt just balanced it out. And they just were kind of almost refreshing. Um, then there was like a bit of uh, bit of toasted bread that came with kind of like a cold tomato, um, you know, topping and olive oil. Uh, we also had like a big fat, tortilla with uh, potato and I think ham and a bit of cheese in there and lastly we had croquettes which were Iberico ham and cheese and they were something special truly I don't think I've actually eaten like restaurant croquettes before I might be wrong but they were like I said to my friend today actually uh, you know, the portions come in fours. In fact, they come in threes, but we, we got offered to kind of, I think we must have paid more for four, but we got offered, you can get four if you want, and, you know, you guys won't be arguing over who gets the third one. And that made sense, so we said, yeah. And we knew they were going to be good. Um, and um, we had four, but I honestly said to my friend today, I reckon we'd have 40 between us, easy. You know, if we were in our prime and we were, you know, Eating the way that we do, I think 40 is a very, very easy, attainable total. Um, instead, no, we had four. I ate my two. My sister only ate one, I think. And then um, they were very kind. They, they kindly let us bag up the, the leftovers because I think we, we ate all we could stomach. I couldn't even have like a, bre- you know, a proper coffee, you know, a milky coffee. I couldn't, I couldn't, just, I couldn't imagine filling up with milk. So I had an espresso and that was honestly a, uh, just a single shot espresso. And it, it felt like the right thing to do. I just had that and loads of water and ate, ate as well as I could. I think I had about five of those, um, chilies, not chilies. No, I don't think they were chilies, but they are peppers. They, they were peppers that looked like chilies, but they weren't, they weren't spicy. 
So I had about five of those peppers. I had quite a few of the, I had quite a lot of the patatas bravas, it has to be said. Um, and the, yeah, had my two croquettes and my bread as well. So I was, I, I'd eaten, I'd eaten quite well, but by the time I'd finished eating, I was, I didn't need to do anything else. I didn't have anything else to prove. So just a, just a live update as well. As Gracie's really perked up. She's gotten out of bed and she's kind of stood next to where I'm sat quite. Um, she was it looked like she was about to do something, but she's heard me say her name. So she stopped doing that. It looked like she was going to do a little scratch of the ear. And now she's just looking at me because she knows that I'm talking about her. And I think what she's, what she's hoping is, is that I'm going to get up very soon and feed her and she'd be right because I'm a yes man I'm I'm compliant and even though she's tired she does know that if she can get a little an extra half a pouch then you know she's like me she's very much like me as a bloke she loves a little a little late night snack and um and I don't know, you know, who, who's the who's the main culprit here? Is it her that wants the extra half pouch, and then I I give her that food, and then I think, well, I might as well have some toast, or is it me? You know, maybe she learnt that behaviour from me. I suspect it's a me problem. I don't think it's 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 not fair to to make the cat shoulder the blame. I don't even know if cats can. Do cats make decisions? <laughs> Does she know what she's doing? She, I mean, she looks like she knows that she's going to scratch my feet. Um, but yeah. Um, so, I've written some um, some notes about the part. I've written some notes in general. I was so on the airport on the airport home. Good, good English there. On the way home, I was writing some notes while I waited for for my flight and for for everything to just sort of, you know basically come together for me to to get home we were slightly delayed not not massively but the flight from Inverness was taking its sweet time so while that happened I got my phone notes out and um I forgot about this but I was actually told we were talking to someone um at the party and and uh they they weren't from the Isle of Man they didn't know much about the Isle of Man but they do know that Jeremy Clarkson lives on the Isle of Man or had done. I don't even think he lives here anymore. I don't even know if he has any kind of link to the Isle of Man anymore. Anyway, they said to me that they said they they were basically kind of judging people from the Isle of Man based on their kind of likeliness to Jeremy Clarkson. And they said they said about me that I'm forty five percent Jeremy Clarkson. And I don't know how to feel about it. I'm honestly feeling a little bit, a little bit um, livid, to be frank with you, because um, I'm my own guy, you know. Jeremy Clarkson doesn't have a podcast. Maybe he does. Hopefully, I haven't just told you, and that you now, you now have someone else's podcast to listen to. Mine's mine's the favourite. Um, anyway, so forty five forty five percent Clarkson. I was livid. I told him as much. Anyway. Um, just another update, live update, excuse me. Gracie's now sat next to me. She's just given me a nudge, um, and now she's sat here. Um, looks like she wants to go to the toilet. Hopefully not on me. Um, 
my friend actually another note that i made my my friend made made the pretty pretty astute um you know uh observation that the dj looked like an interesting mix of rami malik and phil foden so um kind of a skinny guy wore a high vis as well but he wasn't a tradesman he was a he was a bangersman because he played bangers but i you know there were bangers i mostly hadn't heard in a room with people i mostly hadn't met so it was kind of a cool experience you know being from a from a small town you know a thousand people presumably in this in this fishing village so it's always nice to kind of you know broaden my horizons and that's like the key thing um like that i take from traveling especially to like london is that um you get real perspective and i'm still sort of trying to grasp about it uh, grasp it i guess and kind of the things that i'm settling on is that it sort of makes you realize how small your life is in a good in like a positive way in that like the problems i have here in my tiny fish, fishing village with my job that is what it is you know those problems like don't exist there and everyone you talk to in london doesn't know what any of that stuff is it doesn't matter to them it doesn't even compute and you know like there's something quite nice about that so like one thing i noticed was there was quite a lot of like business people on the flight out because obviously it was a weekend so i guess they they'd been working on the island for a week and they were flying home and one thing i noticed about these people were that you know as we were waiting for the flight that like i was snooping i was looking at what they were doing they were on their phones and like they were going through their emails and they were like you know delete delete go back to them, you know, go back to the occasional one with like a one word or a one liner. And, you know, they were 20, it was, it, it looked like anyway, that they were just 24 seven work constantly, like no breaks, always switched on. Like some of them were having like work calls as well. And I just kind of pity that in a way because I mean, on one hand, I'm kind of thinking, well, good for you to have like a job that you actually, you know, feel fulfilled by and that you, you're willing, to, that you like to do that, that you want to spend every waking minute immersed in. But like, I think the best part for me is that in a way you can go to somewhere like London and, you know, for me, without going into much detail, like the numbers on the screen that might not match or you're told are wrong or, you know, don't even appear for whatever reason. They, those numbers on the screen don't matter. Yeah. They are just numbers on the screen. And when you're in London, they don't exist anymore. The screen isn't there. Can't even see them. Um, Instead, you're just with numbers of people. And, you know, I, I have to say, there was at, at no point while I was away, I didn't think about work. I didn't even think about home. 
I, admittedly, I was I was away for eighteen hours all in. I flew home on the Sunday night, so I left at I, I left the island at six p.m. and I landed at um, like eight p.m. half eight on the Sunday. So six p.m. Saturday, eight p.m. Sunday, and um, yeah, I I don't think I really thought about the island in that time. The only thing I thought to do was send, um, you know, five or six drunk pictures to my mum while I was out, which I know is really cool. Um, But I don't know. She appreciated them. It was quite cute. In the morning, she sent me a message saying, I'm just glad you got away. (laughs) So that's nice. Um, But yeah, there's like really good perspective offered by getting away. And I'm really glad because obviously COVID's kicking off again and I just seem to have slipped in and out real quick. Um, so I'm excited by that. I'm, I'm glad about that. Um, so, yeah. Um, I mean, kind of what was funny is, as well, that I noticed, was, like, I... <laughs> I sort of, as I, as I was on my way home, everything kind of scaled down back to kind of the island level, which I just find quite interesting. So, like, you get your train away from London and the buildings sort of get gradually smaller and just, frankly, worse, like battered, forgotten and graffitied. And then you get to a point where, like, nature takes over and albeit you know, for a few nice houses and quiet fields with solitary dog walkers, which even though, like, that scares me because I'm thinking, what are they walking their dog in the middle of nowhere for? Like, to them, that's probably just their Sunday routine. And that's another thing that's kind of interesting, isn't it? Like, you know, that that field, that lone field that you, you fly past on the train is actually just, like, you know, maybe five minutes down the road from this person and, like, it's a big part of their life. Whereas if you drop me in that field, like, I'd have a panic attack. Um, Because I wouldn't know where the latest train station, like, I wouldn't know how to get anywhere. And it's just funny. Like, and that person is just the same as me and it's really just, like, you know, that field is the same thing to both of us, but it's just our perception of that field that is different. And... Um, and I guess like, yeah, it's nice to get, to gain some perspective from it all as much as like, yeah, I had a great night, like I had a really good night and, um, and yeah, good to see my sister and meet some new people and also like, uh, yeah, see my friends as well. And that's all good. And then the perspective is also useful. Um, but yeah, it was kind of what it was. And, um, yeah, you, you get past kind of the nature part and then you end up like at Gatwick, which is obviously just this massive cathedral, sterile white of kind of consumerism really and efficiency and culture, like a big smelting part of culture because you just walk past teams of people who 
who's country you can't even discern and you've never heard the voice the, the accent or the the language before and it's really quite you know you you do feel quite small town at that point and um all the while every every fucker just ended up at the shake shack which i walked past because i was interested in it does exist i was you know i was give, given pre-warning that shake shack is there and i thought well maybe i'll have a shake shack and i was i went to have a look and it was rammed just tables and tables like it felt like hundreds of tables just full with like square boxes of chips just fries everywhere burgers and like it just all felt gross like it was full to the brim they managed to just get as many people in there eating ch- chips and burgers and i mean part like part of the thing we'll have to be fair here i was hungover and i i would have been sick like i felt sick because of that but then i also kind of just felt sick at like just ugh, it was just like just people just chowing down um and yeah so i i had an egg and cress sandwich one one i had half an egg and cress sandwich the other half is in the fridge still and i need to eat it tomorrow before the egg goes rotten but i think i'll i'll just eat it anyway you know for science um yeah half an egg and cress sandwich and a bottle of water which i drank a quarter of so yeah um what i did do actually though is i did have a proper coffee I ended up at Starbucks um, because obviously, you know, Shake Shack, you know, it was too, it was too mainstream for me. So I went to Starbucks and I ended up in the corner. I found a really good corner seat. It had a charger there. So I charged my phone and um, read a book, drank a coffee. Took me about an hour to drink the coffee, but I managed to get through it. I was good. Um, I was kind of blocked in by a French family, but thankfully one of them spotted me trying to leave. And, um, you know, I was, I was so glad that I didn't have to ask them all to excuse me as I got past, you know, that one of their parties spotted me kind of wanting to leave and she kind of gestured to them all. I was so thankful to her that I, you know, I nearly gave her a merci beaucoup, but I, I just didn't have the confidence for it. And I thought she might think I'm taking the piss. So I didn't bother. Um, and yeah, ultimately, I just ended up writing a, um, you know, write, writing some phone notes while I was waiting for the, um, waiting for the, uh, waiting for the plane to arrive. And I kind of continued while I was on the plane because I didn't quite, I, you know, the, the, the flight from Gatwick to, to, to the island is, is short. You really, there's not really a lot of, time to do too much so a bit of phone note time is perfectly reasonable to me and i you know a couple of things i observed were that the uh the cabin crew was interesting because it was a bit of a novelty this time it was a it was a couple of blokes (laughs) at the front who just seemed to be great mates um you know they were kind of uh having a having a big giggle the whole time and i i was i was kind of excited by it. I think I think the way to describe it would be that I shipped them. 
um, I think was is the old Tumblr term. Um, and I thought I might even consider indulging in the bistro menu. I was so uh, I was so enamoured by their little relationship, but instead I uh, you know I kind of gestured no I'm I'm not interested in eating a uh, five pound sandwich thank you. Um, obviously, as soon as the uh, the uh, the light um, for the toilet turned green, uh, the old fellas they all got up and they they did a nice little five man relay. So as each as each one kind of came out from the from the toilet, another one got up and went in. Um, each older than the last. Um, I mean, some of them stop. One of them, and this made me livid. On his way to the on the way on the way to the toilet, he, he stopped at one of the seats and had a little chat with one of his mates. Um, on the plane, I thought, no, 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 no. You do not have a chat with one of your mates while the plane is in transit. That's my that's my rule. It's a personal rule. You can disagree with it if you like, but I just think, no. You sit in your chair, and if you're getting up, you get to do the thing that you do, and then you go down. This isn't this isn't mate's time. This is this is plane time. What was my favorite part about the old fellas having a relay for the can was that each time they crossed each other. How it worked was the guy who left the can, he would obviously, by leaving the can, indicate to the next guy that he needs to go to the can. So the next guy would stand up and go straight there, uh, while the previous guy or the guy, the guy who's just visited the can, he kind of steps aside at the front where the, you know the, where the cabin crew lads are having a great time. Um, he'd step aside and let the let the new old fella get to the can, and as they passed each other, they you know they'd. They'd give each other the knowing look of of, and I kind of said this to, before to a couple of mates, uh, to to my, to my friends, my my chips, cheese, and gravy friends. That's what we just had. I had a large chips, cheese, and gravy, and it was ginormous. I'm going to struggle to sleep, to be frank with you. Um, but yeah, as the old fellows, they walk past each other to you know, the passing of the baton. Um, you know what was was, was basically enacted. You know, by by the knowing nod that they gave each other, you know, um, the knowing nod of of two men who've pissed themselves in their adult lives, you know, post the age of sixty. And honestly, that was pretty. That was also quite endearing to me. Um, there was a guy reading the Daily Mail behind me. He um, he decided he would read his paper in in the aisle. So I like the aisle seat because there's a I think there's a sneaky a little bit more leg room there. Mostly because you're you know, if you're on the aisle seat, whichever one is facing the aisle, you can kind of you can stretch out a little bit, you can do whatever. Just a little bit more room for maneuver, I think. And also you're guaranteed one armrest, and I think that's important. Um So that's my position. I like the aisle seat. Also, if I do need the can, it's a quick getaway. It's not inconveniencing anyone. So, and also, and when I say inconveniencing anyone, I mean me, because I can't be bothered, you know, excusing myself from, you know, to someone to say, please, can you let me through to the toilet? Don't want to do that. So, um, yeah. Um, so aisle seat for me, guy behind me, also on the aisle seat. He likes to utilize the aisle to read his paper. And 
what was annoying for me was the uh, kind of the left hand side of his sheet, the left top corner of his uh, of his of his Daily Mail, rest you know accidentally rested on my shoulder. It just very you know touched my shoulder. Yes, my shoulders are so broad that they expand outside of the side of the the um, you know the plane seat. But yeah, somehow it had kind of ended up you know, kind of resting on my shoulder. And um, I I got kind of livid at it because I was kind of like, well, so you're sort of, you're reading your paper in the aisle of the, you know, of the of the plane to what? Show everyone how into current events you are. It just kind of all was a bit stinky for me. I didn't like it. I didn't like it. I obviously didn't like the, you know, being encroached upon in that way, but I don't, I guess I have to give him the benefit of the doubt there, but still, I'm a bit, I'm smelling a rat there. Um, But yeah, I just felt like it was a bit of a, it was a bit performative for my liking. I like people to just get on with what they're doing in the, you know, in their own little space on the flight. Um, You know, I don't, I don't, I don't abuse my power of the aisle seat. Let, let me be very clear there. So I wasn't, I wasn't, um, you know, I wasn't best pleased with him. You know, you read the paper, we get it. You know, shut up. Um, obviously, he wasn't speaking, but I mean shut up in just a general sense, you know. Just shut up with everything you're doing. Shut up shop, basically. Um, and yeah... Uh, and it wasn't long after me getting annoyed at that that we that we landed. Got home, I rustled up a great tea. It has to be said. Um, I had a bit of a bit of curry, which was basically curry sauce that you get from a chippy, but it had chicken in it um, with some chips that I made that were that were that were real solid. Um, and then I went to bed. A reasonable time. Woke up today. Feel great. And the podcast is here. And I've seen two more, uh, uh, three more friends today. I met a new friend, made a new friend. I'm not sure if I did make a new friend, but I hope I did. I hope I wasn't too bad. Um, you know, sometimes I just think I'm a little, I come on too strong. And I show my hand a little bit and I'm too strange. Um, and, I, you know, and maybe I'm a little harsh on myself as well. I'm not that strange. You know, I just do a podcast. But I do it for you guys, you know. Because you listen. And I appreciate you very much. Um, You know, do share it with other people. It's nice to see it grow. It's grown, you know, quite steadily over the years. Uh, Years. um, Year and a half. It's nearly two years, actually, to be fair. But it is about... It's over a year and a half now. It's been nice to see it grow. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, share it with anyone that you think might enjoy it. Um, and, yeah, remember that, you know, your bubble is only a bubble. And you don't need to get too worried about what's going on in your bubble. It's a big world out there. And it's nice to remember that occasionally. Um Remember, as always, be kind to yourself. Be kind to other people. I hope you have a really nice weekend. Uh, not a weekend. Well, have a nice weekend ahead. But before then, have a good week. 
um, because I think kind of everything is what you make of it. And, you know, going with a smile, if you can, good attitude, and, um, yeah, everything will be fine. And I'll be here next week, you know? The plane didn't get me this time. I'm here. And I'll be here next week. I'll be here forever. And, you know, if I'm not here forever, hopefully someone will pick up the baton. And we'll give each other a nodding, you know, a knowing nod, sorry, of, you know, two fellas who've done a podcast in their in their adult life. Or female. I would like um I would like one of my one of my lady friends to do a podcast as well. So that we could do collaborations and then I can because I think we've had we've had enough of my voice, maybe. For this week anyway. I'll be back next week. Thanks again and good night. <laughs>